coming It's rolling round the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine Since I don't know when Well, I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling Hello and welcome to Bard Talk. I'm your host Josh and today I'm going to talk about cynicism. Um, it's mostly brought on because I finally got a chance to watch the live action Mulan and what's kind of, I guess, kind of weird is like for no real reason that I can explain, the original Mulan was like um, uh, a good movie. I mean the original Disney um, adaptation of the movie for some reason stuck with me as just like a really good movie a solid um anybody can enjoy it the message i think some people like go out of their way to make it a message about women being able to do anything or uh, it's about women conquering a man's world i don't know what kind of like tome you want to pull from that that specific film but i really think it's a story more about just like overcoming uh who you are like seeing yourself in a different light i mean there's really any way you can interpret that um i'm i'm sure if you were trans you could pull something from that if if you weren't trans or non-binary you could pull something from that I just think that it's a good movie on its own merits and like anybody who feels like they're more than what people say they are can find something good about it. Not to mention the songs, all bangers, all of them. Um, There's not a bad song in Milan. There's not a bad score in Milan. And the artwork, the artwork is probably my favorite, favorite Disney 2D movie. Because they really spent time looking at ancient Asian artwork. I mean, I think... I, I'm no art art critic, so I could get my, my tail whacked for this one. But, like, it feels like they, they encapsulated not just Chinese culture, but Japanese and Korean. Like, the artwork was really in that style. The, the way the horses were drawn, the smoke, like, everything that was in it really is just beautiful artwork and the movie itself is just really beautiful thing um and i know people will pick it apart for its historical inaccuracies blah 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 blah. but um that's actually what i want to talk about mostly because the new mulan um i don't want to say it was panned um looking at rotten tomatoes it got a 73 um i think imdb puts it at a 5.5 out of 10 um I, you know what sucks though is i was afraid to see it at some point because it really looked like it was panned it looked like a lot of people didn't like it and that's the shit of criticism the way we we criticize all media that we intake anymore nobody's looking at things objectively nobody's looking at things and just saying like Oh, you know, if you suspend disbelief and you just get lost in the story, it's a really good story. Um, so I thought I would tackle this whole uh, issue of cynicism 
in film debate and film critique with a partner because um, I really am getting tired of just talking to myself. I know quarantine, blah, 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 but we're as safe as we can be. So I'm going to bring in my co-host today, uh, a Disney alum, um, a Disney princess expert, if you will, and we're going to dissect the two Mulans. So uh, without further ado, um, my co-host for today is Jess. Hello. Uh, Yes, I would definitely qualify myself as a Disney princess expert. Um, I was two years old when The Little Mermaid came out, so I was prime childhood during the Disney Renaissance. So uh, I think I know my princesses pretty well. So when you say Disney Renaissance, do you feel like there were stages of Disney, or is this something that I'm not aware of, like, was... Oh, yeah. Um, so Disney Renaissance is not a term that I made up. It's pretty well known. Um, there were the first kind of princess movies, also popular movies, but I tend to think in terms of princesses. Um, so there was Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, the early really successful movies. And then around the 60s, there was a drop off. And I don't think we really see it with our generation because we still grew up on them. The Fox and the Hound was not a success at the time, but it's very much beloved by us. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Robin Hood, not a big success at the time. So it was, was kind of a Was that 60s and 70s, though? Yeah. Because I always think of Robin Hood as an 80s thing. I, I think it's I just because we watched it in the 80s. I guess so. Um, But there was, like, so in my head, I classify Disney movies um, more like on the drawing style. Because, like, the real early ones, the the Snow White. Snow White was real soft, very um, Mm -hmm. muted colors. It was fixed backgrounds, and they animated people on the backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And it's... it, It, um... You see that in Sleeping Beauty, uh, I guess Pinocchio to some extent. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. I, I feel like less so. I feel like Pinocchio so. had a little bit more moving backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're talking, like, while well, I'm talking about beautiful movies, I think Sleeping Beauty is up there. Oh yes, like like Agreed. cinematically, uh, as it's so gorgeous. Yeah, one of Disney's like two D masterpieces. Mm-hmm. They used pink and green and blue to like like crazy effect. Yeah. Like not only just as a mood, but like I don't know. I just I thought like the colors were well chosen. The palette was well chosen. Um, it's a pretty movie. Mm-hmm. But then like then you move into 101 Dalmatians and Aristocats and mm-hmm. like everything gets real like British. They did this string of like the animation looks <clears throat> sketchy and not like sketchy yeah. as in weird or bad or shady, like sketchy as in it literally looks like sketches. You can see sketch marks in the animation, which is interesting and I really like the effect. But it's something that's so specific to that time, I think. Lady and the Tramp was in that time frame, right? I believe so. Because, I don't know, I mean, I feel like there was an English undertone to Lady and the Tramp. I mean, the racist Italian restaurant, the... (laughs) 
and I will hold to that. That was a racist depiction of my people. Um, it's unforgivable, Disney. Michael Eisner, if you're listening to this. I genuinely can't remember the humans' accents in that. Well, they were like 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 very soft. Mm. Like, so it could have either been English or that kind of mid-Atlantic, mid-century Catherine Hepburn American kind uh, yeah, of accent. I mean, it could, but I I mean, if I if I had to think too hard, I'd I'd call that one of the British Disney movies, like Aristocats, a very British Disney movie, right? I mean, technically, it's French. Is it? Yes. Oh. Well, I mean, British friends, what's the difference, right? <laughs> They're, like, separated by uh, some water. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess you could say about all clay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if your your British and or French listeners would appreciate that, but it's sure. True. Um. So then... So then at that the Fox and the Hound was like made at the same time as 101 Dalmatians? Uh yeah. Damn. Is that where Pixar got their formula for like this is how you make people cry? <laughs> they watched the Fox and the Hound and they were like, "All right, I sobbed at this. How do we just do that every single time?" <laughs> yeah, every every Pixar movie now has to have that element like where you cry. I actually do have a theory about what started that in Pixar. It's not related to the Fox and the Hound, though. Oh. Like child abuse? Some kind of dark trauma? No, my theory is just that uh, we got Toy Story 2, and they saw how everyone reacted to the scene with Jessie and the song When She Loved Me. And, I mean, there was big press at the time that Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were talking about how they were sobbing in the theater about it. It hit so hard. (laughs) Like, it's such a great moment in film. And they got that reaction, and they were like, oh, I want that again. Yeah. I I think sometimes, though, like, it's... It's to the point where if you watch a Pixar movie, you know it's going to happen, and it's disappointing. Sometimes. I'm sometimes it can feel emotionally manipulative. I do think sometimes it hits just right, though. I guess. I don't know. I like I, I still get stuck on up like the first 15 minutes of up is a great movie, followed by just garbage like it didn't need to happen. Yeah, um, we're a little late for no nuance November, but hot take alert. Uh, Up is not a very good movie. The first 20 minutes are excellent. And the rest of the movie, I... It didn't need a bad guy. It didn't need a bad guy. It didn't need a bad... It would have been a fine... Like, it would have been fine if they would have made the movie sans the bad guy. Yep. And just, like, you know, the realization that everything you thought your dreams would be isn't that great. Like, like having this grandiose idea in your head and then finally getting there and then realizing like, ah, it's, you know, it's not the greatest thing. Well, that and, you know, Carl wanted to go on adventures with Ellie and they had their own adventures in their own way. But what a movie to make if it were Carl getting to go on this big grand adventure with someone else and realizing that it's okay for him to move on and still experience joy. What a beautiful concept. It, it would have been pretty good, but they, they donked it up. Yeah, if you're listening, Disney, we're calling you on this. <laughs> no, um, but uh, that aside, that kind of criticism, like that, const- that kind of like, you know, oh, well, 
if they, they had an opportunity to go in this direction and they didn't and I don't like the movie I don't think up is like I just don't like up it's just it's just yeah. I, it's, it's fine if people like up I'm not shitting on your taste as yeah. a movie connoisseur like it's whatever yeah I just like the first 15 minutes of that is is a good movie mm-hmm. um so Jungle Book is that a that because I feel like that had that sketchy British type. Mm, I honestly don't remember, but I think so. I think that was maybe seventies. Yeah, like Rescuers Down Under. Well, the Rescuers, the Rescuers Down Under. Fifel goes west. <laughs> I actually don't think that's Disney. No, it is. Are you sure? I'm almost a hundred percent sure. I'm, Leaning toward it being no. DreamWorks or something. You can, you can, I, I mean, you're going to hear the clicks because, oh, and it was, first of all, uh, 1991, um, and it is... Universal did, Pictures. Oh, no shit. Steven Spielberg did Fifel Goes West. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about, just so you know, <laughs> but I do know for a fact this was the last uh, movie that James Stewart start in before he died <laughs> I knew that before I even looked at the Wikipedia I knew that because he's like the old sheriff dog or whatever Aww. What? it's such a silly the fucking spider gets me every time with the big like mustache and he's like a bad guy like <laughs> Disney likes to play with that whole spiders being bad guys concept I mean the whole world does it's not fair it's not they don't deserve it. No. But <clears throat> anyways. Um, so you move out of the Jungle Book and then what? There was like a period where they just weren't making Disney films. Um, I don't know that they weren't making Disney films. They just they weren't doing well. And I do think they took a break for a couple of years. And then The Little Mermaid came out in the late 80s, 89. And it was such a huge success. Um, I'm going to say mostly due to the absolute genius work of Alan Menken and the late Howard Shore. It's not Howard Shore. Polly Shore? No, it's Howard. <laughs> oh my God. Ashman? I'm so ashamed. Yes. Thank you. Okay. And if nobody heard that, I said Howard Ashman. Oh, I feel such shame right now. Yeah, I brought you on as an expert, not to correct you. So do better. I'll try. Um. Um. Anyway, so then that took off, and then we got Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and it was whoa, a big resurgence whoa, whoa. in popularity. Don't forget, like uh, the Iron Giant, and also not Disney. Atlantis. Atlantis was way later. Oh, was it? Yeah. I Atlantis swear. was in their late 90s, early 2000s dip where things got supposedly bad again. But Atlantis is a great movie. I just remember the toys from Burger King. Like, that's the <laughs> only reason I remember that movie. Burger King. They couldn't even sell them at McDonald's. Like, <laughs> this is B-list. They gave it to the king. Peddle these shits. <laughs> so funny. Um. All right. Fair enough. Mulan was in there. Mulan was part of the Mulan, Renaissance, yeah. Pocahontas, yep. Hercules. It seemed like... Hercules um, was not well-received by critics, and 
may be considered the start of that late 90s dip. Oh, it's so good, though. I call it a dip because I don't think it ever got as bad as it did for Disney as it was in, like, the 60s, 70s. Right. Was it that, like... I don't know that it was, like, devastating, but it just... They had more misses than hits, I think. Was it because they were pouring all their money into Disney France? Maybe. Because I hear that was a quagmire. <laughs> like Euro Disney. Euro Disney was yeah, dis- does it disastrous. Still I don't know. Like, you know, the funny thing is I, I watched a documentary uh, how they made fun of Walt Disney because, you know, he had Disneyland, which was in California. Mm-hmm. So perfect weather all the time. The ground was was rock. It was easy to build on. The plot of land was a beautiful plot of land. It was close to things. Like, it just made sense to make Disneyland there. And then he travels down to South Florida (laughs) in the middle of a fucking gator-filled swamp. And he's just like, I'm going to build a theme park. And people are like, you're stupid. You're stupid. This will never work. This is literally... This ground. This ground. You can't build on this ground, dude. It's sand and water. And there's nothing to support it. And there's gators everywhere. And snakes. And, like, he's just like, nah, I'm going to do it. And so he builds Disney World. And it's this marvel. This amazing crop of land. And it's sunny. And the weather's nice. Except for the hurricanes, which I think they shut down for. But... Sometimes. Anyways... Also, hot take again, uh, Disney World is superior to Disneyland, even though it came first. Sorry. I've never... (laughs) Not sorry. (laughs) I've never been to either. I'm a poor kid. So, like, never been. uh, Been to Florida a bunch of times and, like, never, never visited Disney. Like, not interested. I, I can't say I'm not interested, but, like... It's so magical. Yeah, but on the list of things I want to do, going to a theme park, way down to next to nothing because you didn't have Disney princesses. You don't get to like go to Disney World and meet Ariel and have your life change. Yeah, but just because I grew up watching the Dukes of Hazard doesn't mean <laughs> that I want to go to Hazard County, Georgia and zip around on back roads. Yes, you do. I mean a little bit, but like <laughs> not not a never mind. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to the whole Euro Disney thing. So he went to to France, I guess, and like found another like field that was marshes and crap. And he's like, "I'm gonna do it again." Mm-hmm. Only that time, like the weather's not nice. It's cold most of the time. Yep. It's which I guess is not true, t- t- like as of these days, because hasn't France been recording some of like the hottest temperatures? Like, stupid, like, 102 degrees in Nice or some shit like that. Like, I don't want to... I'm not claiming to be, like, a European weather expert, but, like, I've heard a lot about how France has gotten... Like, Paris has gotten well over 100 degrees multiple times. And it's it's just... uh, It's craziness, but... I don't know. uh, We're really wasting time with this whole conversation. (laughs) So back to Mulan. <laughs> um, well, I just wanted to like wrap my head around the idea of a renaissance and why it came about. And like, I, I think it's a shame. I don't know what the last 2D animated film was before the Frog P- Princess, before they shelved that. Um, 
I am very willing to be called out as being wrong, but in my own memory, all I can remember in 2D before the Princess and the Frog was Treasure Planet? <laughs> I Again, I'm willing to be wrong on that, but... Okay, I've never seen that one. Um, Admittedly, I haven't either. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a Disney expert. But, like, then you had The Princess and the Frog come out. And that's another really good movie. Yes. That is a solidly good movie. Yes. And I don't understand why it failed. Um, there was a lot of controversy around it from day one. Was it because she's black? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> a little bit because she's black. Yeah, obviously. You know, you can't you can't go to white America, the Disney household, where mom has pictures of all the kids in ears by the Epcot ball, and then put a black Disney princess in and not have that person complain. Yeah. So there was that. Um, people got really concerned and vocally concerned about every little aspect um so there were people who were upset that it was taking place in the 1920s they thought that it was too modern and not like all of the other disney princesses who were much more historical and i there was some kind of controversy about her name and Maddie. They were going to call her Maddie. Yeah. Um, her name's Tiana. Tiana. Which I could be wrong. I'm, I don't know, like, census figures and name databases, but it doesn't feel like a 1920s name. Um, and then even afterward, there's still a lot of controversy that, yeah, we have this black Disney princess, but she spends... 90% of the movie as an animal. So, is the representation really there? Or is this more well, of a frog princess movie? You know, and that's the thing about critics and criticism and cynicism, which is how we pepper in all of our reviews of media now, is not even, like, it's not helpful. Mm -hmm. It's not... It's not remotely um, useful to anybody except the person that enjoys consuming that. And I'll say, like, if you go on YouTube right now, you will find hundreds of channels that are snarky, mm -hmm. sarcastic, witty reviews of movies and TV shows where they, like, rip them apart. And there's thousands hundreds of thousands of likes millions of views like these channels do really well and mm -hmm. all they really do repetitively is tear down everything that gets made everything yep it the, everything is shit it's all horrible to watch um media as we know it sucks and it'll never be as good as the stuff that was ripped down when we were little kids like yeah youtube didn't exist and i think that the average person didn't have the availability to get a million people to watch them rip apart the Aristocats. Right. But, like, that exists now, and people use it to devastating effect. I mean, so much so that it changes movies 
in pre-production. Remember um, the the preview for Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh yeah. And they like the people had a fit about that scary ass looking CGI <laughs> hedgehog, yeah. which was the thing of nightmares. It was. <laughs> um, but people threw such a fit that they went back and redid the movie, redoing the hedgehog to make him more cartoony. Yep. And I know that's not even like the only instance where you know, uh, a YouTube channel has incited fans to change the movie. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but, (laughs) and somebody listening to this is probably like, well, dude, you just cited an example for why it's a good thing. I, I, I don't, I wanted to be clear from my perspective. I don't think there's anything wrong with bad movies. Yeah, bad movies are fun as hell. I I think that bad movies are good. I think that, I think that movies that miss the mark are fine. Like I'm, I am one thing. Like I'm not is a movie critic. I'm not a a media critic. Like I don't. Mm -hmm. I have my my opinions, and I feel like I should be free to share them with friends. Mm -hmm. But I don't go on some platform where I'm talking to hundreds of thousands of people and say, "Hey, this thing that somebody made." It's shit, and here's 15 reasons why. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't think there's any value in that. I also think it's the laziest form of media. Like, okay. like, and, and I'll give you another example. Um, celebrity roasts have been happening since, like, what, the 70s? Dean Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had celebrity roast and it's funny and it's like usually a time for comics to get up and they take shots at people in mm-hmm. a funny comedic way. And like if done sparingly, it's entertaining. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, that's all Comedy Central's going to make. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, um, not not to get all curmudgeonly. Like, the whole MTV argument, well, there's no more music videos on MTV. I remember when Comedy Central used to play comedy specials. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, they didn't just Stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just a channel where they pumped out their own content or bought content to play episodes of. Mm-hmm. Like, you could watch a Seinfeld special. or or, I And not, to be clear, like, not when they were out because that used to be HBO's calling card. Yeah. You yeah. got a one hour special on HBO and like you were a that real was a big co- deal. Yeah. You were a comic. And, and then like years after the fact, uh, it, comedy central would buy the rights and then they mm-hmm. would play it. Yep. And what's really funny is comedy central dropped the ball on that mm-hmm. and Netflix picked it right back up. Yes. And now people are doing Netflix specials mm-hmm. because they're people want to see a comedy show. They yeah. enjoy it. But when you get lazy and you're just like, oh, well, let's just roast Pamela Anderson or let's let's roast Seth Rogen or. In my opinion, even worse, because I could kind of tolerate them when they were people in the comedy industry. But I'm sorry, when we got to the roast of Justin Bieber, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that became literally that wasn't a roast at that point. You know, when you're roasting your friends, you're saying the things that you are like with a little bit of love in your heart, just a little bit. You know, roasting is it's playful. It's fun. It's poking fun in a 
loving way. When we got to the roast of Justin Bieber, that was just like everybody came out of the woodwork and was just like, yes, give me 10 minutes to shit on this kid. Now, okay, does he deserve it? Probably. I hate Justin Bieber. He's garbage. But like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you I don't. Mean, a little bit. Like you hate this this commercialized ver- commercialized version of him. You you hate the parts that he shows. You hate his caricature. All I right. bet he's a fine person. I bet if you sat down with Justin Bieber and you were just like, you know, watching movies or hanging out, like he's he's a human being. He's a human being. Yeah, he is. But some human beings are garbage. <laughs> I don't want to be but, friends with them. <laughs> you know, so. <sighs> When I when I come across unsavory people, I try to keep it in my head all the time, like that that at one point they were babies. Yeah. Like they were just little toddlers with jam hands and snot running <laughs> down their nose. They didn't know anything. Yeah. And like they grew into this person and especially film stars, like they're caricatures. The ones that aren't characters are the ones that you only see for movies. They don't go to premieres. They don't have their names on on the Hollywood Walk. Like they live very private lives, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that you don't get to see them. You only see their work, and and those people are more real than the people that put on this this Jerry Lewis was probably like the father of that whole thing where he just had a running character. And he was always he was always Jerry Lewis. You never caught Jerry Lewis on the outs. Yeah, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, I mean, how many times people like walk up to him in New York, and they start talking to him, and and he doesn't realize he's being recorded, and he's just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like like that's that's a, a product of this overly cynicistic. Is that a word? Cynicistic. This cynic, cynical, cynical, like, like way of reviewing things that is so pervasive in society. Yeah. Um, you know, like Hercules. I don't know what you would tear apart for that film. Like, like the music is great. The 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 art is beautiful. I believe the music was one of the things that critics didn't like about it. How? Because it was. It didn't fit with ancient Greece. Well, yeah, it's a movie. It's a cartoon movie musical made in the 90s. It's a cartoon movie musical. And they didn't even bother getting anything right. They were just like shooting from the hip. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that was part of the other aspect of things that critics didn't like was the... I don't I not whitewashing but like nice washing I guess of the ancient Greek pantheon. You know, Hera and Zeus are happily married like <laughs> what? I but, silly things like that which <clears throat> obviously you have to change that if you're going to make a Disney film, but people like took issue with it. It if and there, there I hope there is. God, I hope there is still a religion like a Greek religion where they, they believe in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And if they wanted to be offended, like, I guess they could be offended. But the thing that drives me nuts is like all of Greek, all of the Greek pantheon 
of gods and goddesses and the stories and the morals they imposed. Somebody made all of that shit up. Yeah. So why is it a sin to make up shit about that shit? Like, just to tell your story. Just to put out your your idea of this one character. Like... I don't know. People hold things sacred. I mean, I, I get that. And like I said, on a religious principle, if somebody was just like, I still believe in Zeus, man. And, you know, like, what if they made like a Disney Jesus, uh, which would be awesome, by the way. Disney, if you have any balls, do Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> could you could you imagine like... The oh Joseph, my God. Joseph, and like like confronting Mary, like why are you pregnant? And then he sings a song about like how he 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 feels Mary cheated, and then like like God comes to him and and he's just like yeah Mary cheated on you with me. What now? Oh my God! Like, <laughs> it would be so funny. That would raise some heckles for sure. The Jesus Christ Superstar Disney Film Spectacular on Ice. <laughs> oh, it'd be so good. But I don't know. Like I, I I So some of the things about Mulan that the original 1998 2D animation Mulan, they had the same thing. Like, well that's not how that's not what happened. Like she wasn't from the the Ming dynasty or I don't know, I'm pulling all this shit out of my ass. But like mm-hmm. they got the wrong dynasty. They got the yeah. wrong style settlements like. Well, and what you had mentioned earlier about the kind of pan-Asian artistic style was also criticized. You know, if you're going to tell a Chinese story, why have a pan-Asian look about it. I mean, this was something that was brought up with Moana very recently, was that Moana ended up being very pan-Pacific and not really specific to any one culture. So that was something that people didn't like about Mulan, was that kind of pan-Asian-ness when she's a very specific Chinese heroine. Yeah, but like, how, how do you go about your day complaining that they didn't make a prisoner a princess specifically about just your heritage like um well because they use an established character i know i i understand what you're saying but i'm saying at the end of the day like you have an opportunity you're telling a story and and you're about to give the gift of a Disney princess, which which I believe is held to some esteem. Like if you see a Disney princess that looks like you and you can buy her toys and she's representative of you. Like, I think that's important. I mm-hmm. think that's really important. Yeah. And they had an opportunity to do their first Asian princess. Mm-hmm. I, uh, North, Northeastern Asian princess. Well, I always get, like, a little weirded out, because when you say Asia, that does encompass India. She's East Asian, I believe. Excuse I'm me. I'm very willing to be wrong on that. India is South Asian. South Asian. But, like, Korea, Vietnam are also Asian. Aren't they South Asian? 
I'm white, so I'm not going to <laughs> try to get into. I don't know for sure, so I'm not even going to guess. Uh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> but so you had the chance to do a East Asian princess representation. You don't. I mean, I don't know how how they expected like. Are they supposed to specifically make a Japanese princess? Are they supposed to make a North Korean princess? Are they supposed to make a, a Laotian, a Cambodian, a Vietnamese? Like, because it's it's really short-sighted to say, well, they used Pan-Asian art, and they didn't like they didn't just make it a Chinese art thing. Like, first of all. Wouldn't some of China's art like seep into these other cultures? Like, if you took a snapshot, wouldn't a Vietnamese painting from the 600 ADs kind of look similar to a giant a Chinese painting of that same time period? Like, yeah, maybe. So, so again, like I just feel like it's not. It's not fair. You you're placing this burden on the creator. Like, hey, I want you to make a, a Disney princess, an Asian Disney princess, and he didn't make it specific enough. So, again, this isn't really my place, <laughs> but I'm going to attempt to explain what I think the thought process is, and it's that they took an established folk character from China. That's the problem that I can see is that differently from Moana, Moana isn't a character that exists specifically in any Pacific culture that I know of. Um, so it was slightly more okay, I guess, to make her pan-Polynesian. But Mulan, the myth, the folk heroine, is Chinese. But it was just a song. But it is Chinese. It was a song, and then it was a poem. And how is it okay, in your mind, to go ahead and alter the Hercules story enough to make it palatable for little kids to watch, but it's not okay to alter Mulan? Well, they didn't make Hercules, like, Irish, but... He had red hair and freckles. Oh, and that never happens in the Mediterranean. I... And he didn't have freckles. We have a caller from Greece. Go ahead from Cyprus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, but like, let me take something a little bit closer to your heart. Remember when Brave came out? Yeah. And there were all the ads running for Brave... With Merida from the Scottish Highlands, and they were playing Dropkick Murphys in the commercials. Yeah. Wasn't that just a little bit irritating to you? No, I love Dropkick Murphys. You're a liar. <laughs> I know you love Dropkick Murphys, but I know you were annoyed by that. I'm the not... The pan-Celtic culture. I'm not... A, no. See, here's the thing, though. You know, I'm glad you brought this up. I've never had an opportunity to talk about it much, <laughs> but, like... The thing with Celtic culture is everybody thinks it emanates from Ireland. Those racist, 
Axis powered fucks don't own. M- yeah, yeah. You no, I you know you you laugh, but like anytime I hear somebody that babbles on about how proud they are to be Irish, I love throwing it up in their face. Like, hey, you know the Irish were Axis powers, right? Like they were. They thought Hitler was a good guy. So before you get on your high horse about about Irish pride, like remember that little fact. Ireland owns the Celtic brand. You look at uh, the NBA basketball team. Um, I don't know where they're from. Boston. Is it Boston? The Boston Celtics. I don't, listen, I'm not a ball-based sports guy, but like, yeah, this Celtics. (laughs) Where in Gaelic is there a soft C? That's bullshit. (laughs) Like, I don't even want to get into that. I'm just pointing out that like, up until the 1990s, and they started making Braveheart, and they started making specific Scottish films. If you weren't Scottish, you would think kilts were Irish, you would think bagpipes were Irish, you would think harps are Irish. Like Ireland owned the Celtic brand, as far as the, the collective conscious was. And then Brave came out, and it was about a Scottish princess, and... It, they they were playing an Irish band, and it was kind of like guys, like, no. Yeah. Okay. My whole point, right there. No, but but I don't think China ever owned. I don't know. I don't think China ever owned. What kind of food can you get at a Chinese buffet? Chinese food. And. Um, American, facsimile food. And cafeteria pizza most chinese buffets offer sushi now some japanese some yeah okay what's your point um when we ordered the other night didn't you get korean dumplings yeah and vietnamese egg rolls from a place mostly known as a chinese food place it's called makura And I don't think that... Shout out to Mikura if you want to give me money. I'll I'll give your phone number and address out. But I want money. (laughs) I want $20. I don't want money. I just want free sushi. $20. And you're a guest. This is not your podcast. Do not make demands. That's ignorant. Mikura, please give me free sushi. I'll say your phone number if you give me $20. I'll get a tattoo of your logo for free sushi you can get a tattoo but you can't offer anything i will edit you right out of this podcast (laughs) unbelievable you are ones and zeros i'm looking at my screen and you are a bunch of ones and zeros right now rude and i can make it all zeros rude well anyways no i don't think that holds up i don't think you can say well look at chinese restaurants serve japanese cuisine and that's but they're not known as Asian restaurants. They're not but, known as Japanese restaurants. Ja- okay, they're known so as Chinese restaurants. Japanese have a long-standing culture. I mean, we know them for their excellence in automotive. We know them in their media. Like, Japanese media is huge. Manga's huge. Anime's huge. That all comes out of Japan. I don't think anybody thinks that's Chinese. There are definitely people who do. There are absolutely people in the world that think anything asian is chinese so 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 what you have to you have to make every art piece of art you do an informative piece to explain to the hillbillies who 
have never seen a, a, a real Asian person, there's differences. I'm not saying that. This whole portion of this conversation started because I told you what critics had a problem with. I, I'm not really like that strongly defending this. I'm just You've backed me into a corner here now, and I don't I'm aggressively attacking here because I just feel like if we're gonna have a conversation about criticism, then you know, I have to take out my frustration with critics on somebody. And <laughs> so I'm just your punching bag? Well, not my punching bag, but like you're representing their ideals. So I'm not... I'm I not, didn't agree to that. <laughs> I'm not attacking you as a person. I think you're a wonderful person. I'm attacking the ideals. Right. And I just think that it's like... It, it's, it's a... I can understand if I was... Laotian and I saw a Laotian symbol in Mulan I don't think I'd be upset like negatively I think that's white people being upset on everybody else's behalf and it's like maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm dead wrong okay maybe the critics are Asian and they're just like don't make pan-Asian films ever again and that's a shame. I mean, it's it's a shame. Mulan was so good. Like, like Eddie Murphy, who has no business being in an Asian movie, was probably the highlight. Like, one of the greatest things about Mulan. I didn't care for the cricket. Okay, but, like, I just feel like you're forgetting the entire... I'll make a man out of you sequence, which is good. absolutely the best part of that movie. I didn't... I, I'm not... I, it's hard to pick a best part. It's a good movie. It's a solid good movie. It is a good Disney movie. It's a good movie. Why do you? What's with the qualifier? Because it's a good Disney movie. It just is. So you're saying if it was made by MGM, it would just be... MGM was owned by Disney. Oh. I don't know these things. Who cares? <laughs> God. I'm Whatever. Just point is like it was a great movie and if it was if it was not received well by critics that's a shame it's a shame but i don't remember being scared off from watching mulan because of the critics no i don't either i was also when mulan come out 98 mm, somewhere around so there. so i was a teenager you were not a teenager was in 98 was you were 12 nope keep going no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, that's yes, not I how was. math works. No, it is how math works. 86 to 98 is 12. Don't be blowing out my birthday on my podcast. Well, don't be lying on your podcast. <laughs> okay, but like what part of 98 did it come out? Because... Oh my God. <laughs> you, you're nitpicking me. You're, you hear this? You're driving me to drink. I'm drinking rum and coke because of you trying to do advertisement on my podcast. Like, how dare you? Anyways. So, but now let's let's flash forward to this live action Milan. Mm -hmm. um, do I like any of the live action remakes Disney has done of their old content? No. <laughs> None. None of them. 
Um, I'm going to agree with you there. It's not because they're bad. I wouldn't put that out there. They're not bad. There's, I'm not criticizing because they're... A little bad. I don't... What's bad about them? They're the same thing. That's what's bad about them. But that's not bad. You, you're just watching. They just decided. And, and let's, if we can, back the truck up here. Let's put it in reverse tear. Because, <laughs> like, they're not even live action. Yeah, that's a misnomer. It is. It is the most stupid idea Lion that, King was the worst one to call live action because that thing was entirely animated. No, nah, yeah, it was just 3D animated. Yep. Like, but but not Toy Story 3D animated, like... It was photorealistic yeah. animated. Um, Beauty and the Beast had, like, like one or two... animation. One or two live actors on a green screen. Like, I don't... They didn't even use sets. I, I don't think like not in the traditional sense. I don't. I, it's they not like smaller sets. But when she was inside rooms of like her house and stuff, it was a green screen with a yeah. couple things for her to interact with. Yeah. Uh, the majority of the movie was animated. It was just computer animated. Just side note: if we keep going down this particular road, I'm gonna veer off from Disney princesses and into Lord of the Rings versus The Hobbit, and I'm gonna get real, real heated. We're not doing that. Okay. Just um, saying, it has a possibility of going there. I'm just, I'm only bringing it up because, like, it's not. I don't think they're bad. I think they're the same thing. I think they're almost exactly the same thing. Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin are. Cinderella, kind of. Maleficent was different. Maleficent, I think, is what they wanted to do with these live-action movies and then got away from that for some reason. It was to take a story that you knew, a Disney character that you knew, and explore it in a different light. And I won't say I'm, like, a huge fan of the Maleficent movies, but it was at least interesting and, I mean, Angelina Jolie, an inspired choice. Excellent. But then they went with Cinderella, and they basically just told the Cinderella story again. And then they did Beauty and the Beast, which was the worst offender of Shot for Shot Remake. And then Aladdin, they, like, added a little bit, but mostly it was a Shot for Shot Remake. Um, the Jungle Book, Lion King, same thing. They're just, in my opinion... A little soulless. Yeah. No, I feel that it's it. They they don't. It it feels like they made them, and I know the conspiracy theory is they made them to re up their copyright. Mm -hmm. Um, and then some people would say they made them as a cash grab. Mm -hmm. Um, I share your view with Maleficent. Um, have you ever watched? Uh, I think it's called Hun. No. The Huntsman? Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, with uh, the the Twilight broad. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, that's that skirt. Um <laughs> I actually have not, no. I that was another like, hey, let's look at this from a different angle type movie. It's I mean it's it's watchable. Mm -hmm. I, I mean I don't I'm a hard 
person to to cinematically please because I like big brain stuff mm-hmm. a lot. I like but just like my books that I read. I don't read a lot of fiction. I yeah. like a lot of um I don't know what you want to say. Nonfiction? Well, nonfiction makes it sound clinical, but like <laughs> like what would you call what would you call five days of memorial? Like what would you call it the color Tragic. law? Tragic. Like they're they're nonfiction. I don't know what so you've been genre of nonfiction they would be. I don't in. know. Like I, I kinda think of them as like psychology experiments, thought experiments. Sociology. Sociology is probably a better word. Yeah. Um so I like big brain movies. Mm-hmm. I like I like movies that like intrigue me and engage my brain and Sure. I just did a uh, podcast about Star Trek and mm-hmm. why I like it more. And I'm not, I never, I always come down on like, it's okay to like garbage. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's garbage, but I'm like, it's okay to like just stories. And I'm almost reinforcing this point in saying that I like Mulan. I like Mulan. I like being able to suspend disbelief and just enjoy the thing that's in front of me mm-hmm. and and there was a part in the live action Mulan where I'm not going to give anything away I'm going to try not to because I know a lot of people haven't seen it but there's a part where this hawk flies and then spins its back and catches an arrow and when you watch the movie that'll make so much more sense mm-hmm. um, but like for the for a split second I caught myself going why would it do that? Like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't it just catch arrows out of the sky? Like, like everybody's been catching arrows out of the sky. Yeah. Everybody. Like, the Emperor, yeah. the bad guy, Mulan. Everybody just has this ability to catch a fucking arrow out of the sky. <laughs> um, and then this one time when it would be really crucial to have that skill, it, it wasn't present. Yeah. And, like, I think people are probably laughing at this, or, or I'm laughing at it. Because that's where we're programmed at this point to find snarky, sarcastic right. comments about a movie, about right. a fault. Right. Um, plot device has become a dirty word, but, I mean, it's a narrative. Narratives need plot devices. Yeah, you, you've you got to... I mean, sometimes you just need that thing that's going to move the plot forward. Right. And right. that's not a bad thing. Um. I don't know how many times it's been pointed out uh, in Deadpool 2, like the unnecessariness of Wade sacrificing himself for oh, yeah. the kid. Yeah. Like there was a million ways <laughs> to go around that. Yeah. And they made that the way to go. And like, yes, you can criticize that and you can say, well, that's lazy writing. But is it? Is it? Is it really because, like, the point was, no matter what they did for Russell, Russell was never going to understand what it felt like for somebody to care about them. Yeah. And Wade had to do the ultimate act of self-sacrifice in order to teach this kid that people, you are worthy of love. Yeah. Somebody will care about you. And, like, in the instance of Mulan... That there needed to be that realization that somebody was more than a slave, 
more than a dog, more than uh, an implement to be used for the bad guy, and that she believed Mulan and Mulan's Mulan's fight for her country and stuff. Like, you have to have that. You have yes. to have sacrifice to have any feelings in a movie, or it just falls flat. Yes. Um. Yeah, um, there are plot devices that are done well, and there are plot devices that aren't. But, I mean, there are always plot devices. It's a part of narration. Um, and yeah, sometimes they're going to be the one way that you kind of look at and think, well, but that doesn't make sense intelligently, but it makes sense emotionally for the message of the movie or the book or whatever media you're consuming. Um, it doesn't always have to make sense logically. That's why we tell stories. We tell stories as metaphor, as a way to convey things. So yes, sometimes the obvious and maybe dumb thing is the thing that works on the emotional level. Stories are meant to make you feel things. I I couldn't agree anymore. Um, I think that also beyond that is like this this thought that we want art to imitate life too much, mm-hmm. too much. Like yeah. art, and again, if you want to read something about real life, go read nonfiction. They make plenty of movies that are nonfiction movies, um, that are documentaries that you can find your life. And you know what you'll find time and time again is that life kills for no other reason than it can. Yeah. Stuff happens in horrible ways with no explanation, with no growth. It doesn't aid anything. It just happens. 9-11 isn't the greatest story ever told because it's realistic. I mean, it's the realism in, in life sucks. Yeah. It sucks. And, and it's like, I I feel like if you're going to criticize Mulan, um, the new one and pick apart like, Oh, well, you know, they got the dynasty wrong and, you know, that wouldn't happen. That mm-hmm. wouldn't happen. It's like, w- no shit, okay? Yeah. <laughs> no shit that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Like. As someone who really enjoys Disney a lot, and um, we haven't gotten onto this on your podcast, but I mean, man, if you ever want to do a Harry Potter podcast, I am your girl. No. Um, I know I, you don't. I do not. I know you don't, but like, Hard pass. if you ever did want to, it, it me. Um, I really love a lot of, I love media. I love TV and movies and books, and I love consuming fiction because real life fucking sucks. I don't want to read nonfiction or watch too many documentaries. I do love documentaries, but like I get enjoyment out of suspending my disbelief and just letting go and enjoying things. And I can be a very cynical person. And I definitely, when we were watching it last night, you had to call me out a couple times of like, just let me enjoy this. I have those moments 
where I just kind of want to snark. And I think it's like what we've become as a society. And I don't really know why, but I try not to. I mean, I think I mentioned this to you a while ago. Cinema Sins. I'm not going to shit on their entire YouTube channel or anything, but when they start going through and they're like, oh, name of the movie was mentioned, there's a sin, or, oh, meet a new girl, meet cute, there's a sin. Like, okay, but these are just things that happen in all movies. Like, we can't be calling everything a sin. It's just, it, it bums me out. Like, yes, there are definite sins in movies, me personally, I'm, I'm going to snark on anything that's teal and orange because I find it to be an overused trope. But uh, it's not going to ruin a movie for me. I'm going to snark on it a little bit, but I'm not going to like tear it down to other people. I think the reason you can't help but get snarky about a movie is because... You know, you, you we collectively, we as society are embroiled we we are basted with this continual criticism of media mm. this continual like just vitriol that spews out about everything that gets made every song every magazine every book every every yeah. movie that's made and it's popular yeah so like when you're trying to watch enjoy media with somebody else and you want to interact with them and you want to feel like you're connected on this plane where like you're watching a movie together and you're like, oh, you know, what did you think of this part? Mm-hmm. You want to impress that person. And so your brain goes through a file and it goes, all right, impress people. Um, oh, I know it's really popular right now. Let's tear down some, you know, piece of this movie. Mm-hmm. When, when, you know, I think that's where our brain goes. You're not you're not a bad person. Yeah. You're just you want to comment about you want to share an experience. Yeah. And the way you know how to do it is is to to look at what's popular at the moment and then regurgitate it in and and like try to impress me by being snarky because there's yeah. a lot of snarky media. Um I think it's a shame because in that we've lost the ability to digest homage and that is something that the new Mulan movie is a bunch of homage it's an homage to the original Mulan it's the homage to the Chinese culture it's an homage like I've heard I've heard heard read on Twitter just this morning like people were like oh Disney made a Kung Fu movie Um, or you know, would Disney um, Disney had Jet Li direct the Mulan thing? I don't know what I know. Jet Li's in it. I don't know mm-hmm. what his actual involvement is, but like, it's an homage. Yeah, it, it's a beautiful homage because, like, for the longest time, you got a lot of kung fu movies out of China. Mm-hmm. I mean, Japan too, but like, I think China exported a lot of their their martial arts style. I mean, in the eighties. You couldn't walk a city block without seeing a dojo. Yeah. Like, n- like karate was huge. Um, and I don't know the martial arts well enough to say, like, well, karate's from China 
and and uh, taekwondo is from Brazil, and I don't know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a dummy, but <laughs> I know an homage when I see it. Yeah. Like I know when somebody, I pointed out um, when she gets a sword at the <laughs> end. It's just the sword. It's not important. It's not a plot thing. But um, Mushu's on the hilt. I totally missed that. And, I, I'm and it was like it was like so cool. Like yeah. And and they didn't. You know, I was upset that they didn't have the music, but they didn't want to do a shot for sh- shot remake, which, which I loved. Yeah, it was it was boss. Like you got to see a new story. Exactly. That was what I liked so much about it, and it's kind of related back to the Maleficent thing. It's not just a shot for shot remake of the animated movie. It is something different and it is something different, but it also gives you that nostalgia. I mean, you can hear instrumental reflection playing in the background of scenes and right in the feels. Heck yeah. That wasn't the only song though. No. Um, a lot of them were in there. Um, it was a spoken line, but uh, the general, I think, said something about tranquil as a forest yeah. with a fire within. And I was like, yeah. yes! Yeah. Got um, me so pumped. Well, and there was a line, um, something about a girl worth fighting for. Yeah. Like, like they, yep. they just... Ah, oh, they just kept whispering it. Yes. And they did and it, it so well. Which is what makes it, I think, their absolute best live action movie. Oh, without a doubt. I, I'm declaring it. You heard it here first. Yeah. Like Mulan, I, in, and, and you could probably put two and two together. I wasn't about to pay, pay $30 to go see it. Yeah. Um, I have Disney plus, uh, shout out to Verizon, but like, <laughs> I have Disney Plus and it's been up there and like I really wanted to see it. Yeah. And and I I even understand like their strategy was to see how well it did. Mm-hmm. To see like, you know, um if you were to pay for movie theater tickets and popcorn and drinks and you took a family of four, eighty bucks. Yeah. Like, like eighty bucks. Yeah. Probably thirty dollars worth in tickets and sixty dollars in, in popcorn. Mm-hmm. Because movie theaters just know how to get you. Side note, um, I will always defend movie theater food prices because the ticket price goes to the movie company and not yeah, the theater. I, I know. So I am more than willing to pay $6 for my Sour Patch Kids if I can support my local movie theater and staying open. Well, I'm spoiled. It's my soapbox. I'm, I'm spoiled because the movie theater that I really like to go to now Oof. serves booze and like, and like real, real food. food. Yeah. yeah. And if you've never been to a movie tavern, Ugh. drive to Pennsylvania and go to one of the many movie taverns because yes. it is it's a restaurant you get to watch a movie at yeah like full meals yeah and they bring it to you you just yep. hit a button yep and then like they give you a menu and like if you want a Sunday after you've eaten your meal like they'll bring you a Sunday like they yep. don't give a fuck it's so good it's awesome um and I don't mind paying for that either. I, right. You're paying for an experience. Right, right, right. I mean, big ass screen. Mm-hmm. Mu- Honestly, the volume always like three or four notches higher than it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but whatever, you know. So I think it was a bargain if you wanted to see Mulan uh, 
it was a bargain as yeah. far as going to the movie theater. You're watching in the comfort of your own home, like yeah. for way cheaper. But it doesn't cost me $30 to go to the movie. Right. So for me, it's not a bargain. <laughs> right. And I was so let down by everything Disney has been making. Like, yeah. I'm not, I, I just like, first of all, I don't go to the movie theater on a whim anyways. Mm-hmm. Like half of the time I go to the movie theater, it's because my friends want to see something. Yeah. I would have paid any amount of money to see Endgame. Because oh yeah, superhero movies are where it's at. Like that, I will go pay for them. Yep. Uh, I think I saw the Star Wars uh, reboots, if you want to call them that. The <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And I've had my my say on those, but yeah. like, I I don't know why. I just didn't want to pay to see Mulan, and it was beat up by critics hard. I don't remember much, honestly, which I think is telling in itself. I think critically it was received as like just okay. And maybe if you want to get down into like technical filmmaking stuff and story structure or whatever, I don't know, maybe. But honestly, I think you can look at it as a film on its own merits. And that's one thing. I personally look at it as a live-action Mulan, the Disney movie, which I think actually elevates it. Um, because, yeah, maybe if you're looking to tell this story from scratch to somebody who has no idea about the animated movie from the 90s, it may not be as good as they're looking for. But I think with the context of knowing the 90s movie... It's just, you're able to see the things that they did differently, the ways that they paid homage to that movie, and I just think it hit right. I mean, were there little bits here and there where I was like, nah. Of course, there are those moments in everything. I didn't have those. Not at all? I didn't have it at all. Wow. Uh, I Can I, I want to point out something that we haven't even talked about. Like, we we roasted Beauty and the Beast about. There's no computer animation in Malone. Yes, there is. Where? The hawk, falcon, whatever it is. Oh, okay. But there's very <laughs> little. Hold on, I gotta edit that part out. <laughs> um, Yeah, sure, alright, the hawk. I forgot. But it, you know what? What's that say if if I didn't even really like notice it? Yeah. They had... They did a lot of practical effects. They did practical effects. Which... Will oh, hold my up. God. They'll hold up. They'll hold up. And on yep. top of that, like, if you want to watch a movie for landscape, good gravy. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. They, um, I swear, they would just, like, pause the plot for a couple of seconds just to give you a, a beautiful landscape shot. Yeah, and, and, like, one of the things I was reading was that it did... They filmed it in Northeast Asia. So, it, it's, like, geocentric. Like, it is geographically where Mulan would have taken place if it were, like, more than a poem. Right on. Um, I and And, like, I get it, again... 
now I'm, I'm, I'm feeding into that. Oh, well, it's hyper-realistic. It's not hyper-realistic. Right. It's not supposed to be hyper-realistic. It doesn't have to be hyper-realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to Milan to find out. Like, is that what people do? Is that Do they go to movies and go, well, now I know a little bit of Asian history. Like, No, maybe. I don't know. But something that you just said kind of clicked something for me. Like, I don't go to every single movie expecting a groundbreaking poetic cinema experience. Sometimes I just want to enjoy something. And it's okay to just go to a movie because it's a story that you want to enjoy. Uh, Yeah. Like, not everything has to be capital H high art. I mean, Mulan is very good and it's very artistic. Is it capital H high art? It's not Citizen Kane. I don't even know that that's really a good movie. I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Whatever. (laughs) But, like, I mean, not everything has to be perfect. Is Goodwill Hunting high art? Maybe. Really? Maybe. I don't know. I like, like, the people that would go see Goodwill Hunting. Are those the people that you associate with, like, intellectual, affluent people? I don't know. It's hard to say, because everybody has seen Goodwill Hunting by now. <laughs> like, I don't know who was seeing it in 97 or whatever when it came out. Um... I think... I think you should always go to the movie theaters with one expectation. Be entertained. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Don't you don't don't go there looking for some kind of revelation on a culture or or a history lesson on somebody. Don't go there expecting to be wowed with with graphics and the st- most state of the art stunts and cinematography just go watch things that are going to make you forget about the shit that's going on in your life and if you do that like you're going to have a good time yeah you're going to enjoy movies i i don't regret going and seeing any of the star wars movies in the theater none of them not the phantom menace not the clone wars not um and you know they redid like a new hope empire strikes back they like they put those back out in the theaters and i went to go see them mm-hmm. um held up like i had a good time the yeah. new ones even with all the political agenda i don't regret going and seeing them because it was like 2 hours i didn't have to deal with you know rent being due yeah and and cold weather yeah. and you know Going to work. The election. Yeah. Oh, did you see, like, the funniest thing? Uh, Netflix now... You know how Netflix lets you skip intros? Yeah. If you watch um, SNL on Netflix, you can skip Trump jokes. (laughs) Like, people are so tired of it. Netflix is tired of it. They're just like, here, we, we know this is, like, this is all they talk about. So, here, skip it. Nice. I imagine it just goes to the end then. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) 
thank you, everybody. <laughs> we want to thank like the makers. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. I think Mulan, Mulan. I don't know. I, I, I grapple with why it's so important to me. Like I said, I've never understood why that movie stood out to me as being one of my favorite Disney movies. What's your favorite? The Little Mermaid. Just because? Just, it's the one closest to my heart. It's got the most nostalgia factor for me. I know very well that when they do the live action one, it's probably going to be a shot for shot remake with a couple of twists. I don't it's think probably so. not going to be very good. I, uh, but, I don't want to break it you know to you, what? but... I'm still going to be there. I don't want to break if it. If movie theaters are open, I'm going to see that shit in person. I don't want to be the first one to tell you this, but spoiler alert, Ariel's black. Yeah. I'm not bothered by that. I. You look like somebody who would be. Excuse me. White. I meant white. Rude. <laughs> but like... I don't think it's going to be a shot-for-shot remake. Not with that casting. I think they're going to tell it a different way. Maybe. I I, I just... I can't... Do you think, like, preemptively, do you think critics are going to be upset because Eric's still white? I don't know. Maybe. Critics get upset about the weirdest stuff. Everybody's upset Ariel's black. Like That's because people are dumb. If you care about that, you're dumb. If you care about Ariel's melanin, you're dumb. Yeah. Are are you going to give me like anything like, well, you know, it's in the Caribbean, like she probably should be not white? Um, well, no, in the Caribbean, I think that would make more sense. It's a Danish story, but I don't it's never really clear where it's set. You know, and I don't... Yeah. I mean, Eric, I guess, is a Danish name, but... A little bit. It's... Prince Eric. It's not really blatantly <laughs> Danish in That's, the movie. If I was... You want to talk about lazy writing? If I was writing <laughs> Disney movies, I'd be like, Oh, yeah, Prince Eric from Denmark. <laughs> just don't even bother. Just screw it. Just, you, you could just use their name. I mean, but... You can still do that stuff in real Disney movies. Like Prince Naveen from, what is it, Moldovia? That's not a real place. Yeah, why didn't they just say, like, he was from Morocco? Or, um, what's the the African country that I always get confused with Suriname? And and Suriname is in South America. I'm not stupid. But it's like, um, uh, Sierra Leone. I don't know why, like... (laughs) Sarah Leone. That wasn't what I was expecting. Well, what did you think I was going to say? I don't know. I don't know what I thought you were going to say. I don't know. For some reason, every time I mean to talk about Sarah Leone, I say Suriname, and I'm just like, you idiot. (laughs) I'm I'm so aware of where Suriname is, (laughs) and Guyana, and Colombia, and like, actually, my South American geography skills, not bad. (laughs) Uh, I would like to accredit owning tarantulas and snakes. Yep. As being that reason. That's what I would attribute that to. Um, Central America I have on lock, man. I mm-hmm. know those countries. But, like, for some reason, the continent of Africa 
Like, there's so many in there. And, like, if you gave me a map and, like, those puzzle pieces and you were just like, put it together. I could put it together, but not because I knew the names of the countries. <laughs> I'm just good at puzzles. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's about it. I'm going to wrap this one up. Thanks okay. for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. I don't know that anything we talked about was worth <laughs> listening to, but... I, someone will get some enjoyment. I think I think my takeaway, or, or what I was trying to express, was just that we live in a world of cynicism. We live in a world where the critic is right. glorified and the production is 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 made fun of at, right. at peril and and there's no reason for it like we don't have to impress each other with how snarky we can get about how off something is right you can just enjoy it mm-hmm. you can just have fun with it um and if you like big brain stuff then watch big brain stuff don't yeah. shit on things that people like that aren't big brain right um high art I get I get really upset about that that whole concept because like yeah, I read probably more literature than anybody I know. And like I when I say that I would say like classical literature. I read big brain books. Um but I don't judge people that read Harry Potter or The Lord of the Rings. I don't judge people that read Doom or Ender's Game or like if that's your your bag, man, like have at it. Um, and the same thing with movies. I think if you watch Citizens Kane and that's your jam, then that's your jam. And you don't have to shit on people that like iZombie. Like, it's whatever. Yeah. Mulan is not iZombie. Mulan is good. Mulan is a, it's, it's a great, the live action remake is actually a live action remake. It's not a computer animated remake with an actress playing the role to sell tickets. Like yeah. it's it's and you know I said that and it was like a snarky criticism of what they did. Um I don't know. It's in our nature. It's like baked in. <laughs> it is baked in, I guess. But you know We're what? We're surrounded by snark and cynicism all day every day. It's just kind of it just comes out. It does. But I'm only doing it because I'm trying to impress somebody. And I've got to stop. I have nobody to impress. I don't. Nobody pays to listen to this podcast. Um, not many people do anyways. <laughs> so, like, I don't. I don't. I mean, I want to make people laugh. I want yeah. people to enjoy themselves. But I think the best thing I can say is just Mulan is of all of the, the, the reboots, remakes, of every story that they've brought back to retell, Mulan, again, is the best. And I, mm-hmm. I, I cannot explain why the original Mulan struck a chord with me, but I love the original Mulan. That might be my favorite one. That might legit... I mean, like, I don't know. I don't... 101 Dalmatians, you would think, would be, like, my <laughs> favorite, but it's really not. Like, it's it's good. It's, it's just, you know, it is what it is. I like yeah. Jungle Book, but it's not like, um, I don't own a strong attachment to any of them. Um, I like The Princess and the Frog, but I wouldn't call it like my favorite. Yeah. I really like Mulan. 
I just really like Mulan. And I don't know why. I don't know why Mulan's my favorite Disney princess. That's fine. Is it fine? Yes. Because I don't want to end this podcast and people are like, oh, Josh has a creepy Asian chick fetish. It's not that. All right. Well, no one was thinking that until you said it. Well, I want to get it out there. (laughs) I'm getting ahead of this rumor. It's not that. (laughs) Honestly. Like. Okay. Well. It's not that. It's not I'm not, I, I, I think Asian culture is beautiful. I have no thing for Asian chicks. I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I'm not saying I wouldn't ever make out with an Asian chick or date an Asian chick or. All right. This has gone to a really weird place. (laughs) (laughs) I feel defensive because like it just dawned on me as I was trying to wrap this up that like. There's this whole culture of white guys being into Asian chicks and like overly sexualizing them and it's gross. Yeah. It's really gross. Yeah. And it's not I want it I want it if everybody please on Twitter, could you please comment when I post this episode? We get it, Josh. You're not into Asian chicks. Like that would be great. If you could just say that because it's not my thing. I like black chicks. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just on kidding? that note, I'm going to head out because this is real weird now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm trying to get a joke. Thanks for coming <laughs> on. Um, everybody go watch Milan. Um, enjoy media for what it is. Stop picking it apart. Uh, let's let's work to change ourselves for the better. Let's find the light in all things. So thank you. Stay safe. When I was just a baby my mama told me, son, always be a good boy. Don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. I bet there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car they're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars but i know i had it coming i know i can't be free if i keep a moving and that's what torture Well, it feed me from this prison If that railroad train was mine I'd bet I'd move it a little Further down the line Far from Folsom Prison That's where I want to stay And I let that lonesome whistle